Hey, grown-up friends. This episode is sponsored by Unest. Start investing in your most important asset, your kids, with Unest. Soon, you will also be able to give the gift of crypto. Join the Unest Legacy waitlist and get early access, entry into giveaways, and much more. Visit unest.co for more information. They're going to go see everything that's out there about you. So, you know, if you can go clean some stuff up, get rid of, you know, kooky things on Facebook or on Twitter, you can delete tweets that maybe are political. I just try to stay in your lane. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of Launching Financial Grownups, because you know what? Grown-up life is really hard, but together, we got this. Great advice for grown-ups of all ages from our guest this week, author Carrie Hannon. I've waited to have Carrie on for quite some time because her work is so relevant to what is going on in the world right now. So much talk about the great resignation, and now some big companies are cutting jobs and saying that they're overstaffed. And we know where that is going. Many grown-ups out in the workforce could find themselves having to step up their game. Carrie focuses on the more senior set, but let's be honest, we all can up our game on LinkedIn and learn new technologies. Carrie is a leading expert, workplace futurist, and strategist on careers and jobs, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and retirement, who is now a senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. She has covered personal finance, retirement, and careers for the New York Times, Forbes, Money, U.S. News and World Report, and USA Today, among others. Carrie is the author of 14 books. The latest is In Control at 50 Plus, How to Succeed in the New World of Work. In our interview, Carrie doesn't hold back on the missteps so many of us make that are so easily avoidable. Don't worry about taking notes. We always have the transcripts for you on my website, bobbyrebel.com. And you are going to want the notes from this one. She is that good. Here is Carrie Hannon. Carrie Hannon, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation, Bobby. And congratulations on your latest book. It's 14 books you've done. (laughs) The latest book is In Control at 50 Plus, How to Succeed in the New World of Work. And by the way, you also wrote the book right before this, which is very important, was Great Jobs for Everyone 50 Plus. So this is an emerging category, I think, that we need to be talking more about. Tell us a little bit about the book, but I also want to hear about the pivot that you made because many people take a pivot into solo careers around the age of 50, sometime in midlife, you just did the opposite. And you're now also senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. I know, I know. It is crazy. I am walking the walk for the older worker, or I should say experienced worker over 50. You know, Bobby, I was in-house for 20 years. I ran my own business for 20 years. And then out of the blue, I got this opportunity at Yahoo Finance uh, earlier this year to come on as a senior columnist. And, you know, it was just unexpected. I wasn't looking for it, but I was open to new opportunities. And that's what is really magical because it's what I've been telling workers over 50 for years now that they need to be willing to step it up, try new ways of doing things, work with younger bosses, learn new technology, 
Yep, I got to do all of them in the last couple of months, and I'm having a blast. It is absolutely fabulous. But you know, I've done I've done my time in the trenches with Forbes and Money and U.S. News and USA Today. So it's just it's just fun to add this one to my quiver. You know, Yahoo Finance. Woo! <laughs> it's great. I'm a huge fan of Yahoo and Yahoo Finance in particular. I have many friends there. It also, it's very interesting because it tag teams so well with this new book because you are effectively living what you are teaching people to do. And I want to go over some of the tips that you have in the book. And a lot of them sound, they almost sound obvious, but they're not at all obvious. They're things that I never would think to do. And they are so easy and actionable. So for example, and I wonder if you did these things because, well, you weren't proactively looking, they kind of found you. (laughs) But if you were proactively looking... One tip you had was to read LinkedIn profiles of people that that have the jobs you want. I love that. Tell us more about that and how that plays out and how people would do that. Yeah, what to search I mean, for. you're so right, Bobby. I mean, that is, uh, you know, that is an easy thing we can all do. If you're sort of in that stage where you're like looking for something new, you have an idea of the kind of work you want to do or the company you want to work with, you know, the most important thing is that you have the right skills, right? That you've, you've upskilled, that you've sharpened your skills, added new things. So go to the LinkedIn profiles of people who have jobs that interest you and say, huh, what experience do they have? What skills do they have? And how do, do I have those? And how can I do, uh, put those, you know, how do I get that? Cause you know, online virtual education has exploded since the pandemic. You don't have to spend a fortune to, to pick up new skills. You don't need a master's degree, just dip in and you can add some new things quite easily these days. And so I think that LinkedIn is, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn if you're a white collar worker, particularly. So we got to, you know, be clear there, but you can find out, you know, who you know at companies where you're interested in working. And, you know, it's really a great source of research on those kinds of things. But the really simple thing is you look at what those people who have jobs that you're interested in, what they have in their summary on LinkedIn, you go, oh, that's how they describe what they do. I think maybe I'll go change mine. And you <laughs> just shift it up, you know? So it's really kind of fun because with LinkedIn, it's so simple to go in and just edit your profile anytime you want to. That said, you also emphasize that you might actually be asked for an old school resume, but you have to really focus on keywords. And this is a time when it's kind of okay to plagiarize in a way to kind of lift exact words. So tell us more about that and why people have to bother because people might think, well, can't they just look at my LinkedIn resume? I mean, that's what you thought. And it's not always necessary. It might be true, but it's not always true. No, you know, there's bureaucratic process that goes into this hiring stuff. So with HR, they want, you've got to play the game. And the game today is these artificial intelligence, platforms that filter out different things because it's one way employers can weed down the number of applications they get. And they know they're missing out on good people, but this is the way they do it. So you have to be very, you know, really game the system the best that you can. And the simplest way, the start at least, is to actually replicate the exact word that was in that job posting. So you may call yourself a project manager, but they're looking for a project director. I don't know. I'm just making that up, but change it to director and go with whatever that word is that they use. And so you have your basic resume all ready and to go and you jump into the document and you just create a new one and, and, you know, throw in these new terms that apply to this, you know, customize it, bespoke it, so to speak. You also advise people to kind of take a different perspective on social media, which many people feel is something that's fun. Maybe it's optional and something social, but it also can factor into whether or not you get that job. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be very strategic. People, someone's going to Google you. You Googled the company. You found out about the job. You hopefully Googled the person who did your research on the person who's going to interview you and found out some little tidbit about them that's helpful. They're doing the same for you. They're going to go see everything that's out there about you. So, you know, if you can go clean some stuff up, get rid of, you know, kooky things on Facebook or on Twitter, you can delete tweets that maybe are political. I just try to stay in your lane. And also one thing I found super helpful about social media is It's a great way when you're searching for a job to support other people. It's just not all about you. Look at like stories you think are interesting that other people have written or research and highlight that, share it with your people and, and tag that person. And they feel like, oh, wow, you know, they noticed that I did this or, you know, it builds a network for you and a very easy way to do it. I completely agree. And another thing that is not obvious to most people, but very easy to do and obvious once we're going to say it is to pay attention to the photo and other ways that you present yourself visually. Yeah, because, you know, especially as you push 60 or whatever, people go, oh, you know, I don't really want to show that photo with me with gray hair or whatever. You know, get over it. They're going to figure out how old you are and put a really great energetic picture of yourself up there. And I mean energetic. Don't be a blurring old headshot. Yeah, it can be a headshot, but try to show some personality. I do think it's important. They're going to find a picture of you somewhere, but also hopefully they're going to meet you. Absolutely. They are going to meet you. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you have to, just because you're not going to hide who you are, doesn't mean you have to include everything you've ever done. We don't want the four page resume. I mean, you have some advice about sort of being deliberate in how you present your resume. Oh, without question. And you know, what's funny, Bobby, I always say it's, you know, it's not your obituary, it's an advertisement. So, you know, get over it. This is your song and dance time. So let's keep it down to the last you know, 10 years of working, maybe 15, and just a little box saying additional stuff, but highlight the stuff that applies to that job that you're interviewing for. That's, again, why each job has a special resume going that direction, but you need to really customize it for that employer. And and one great way is just shrink it down, tell stories. You know, we call these car stories, challenge, action, result. People love to read narratives. I did this. I brought in a, you know, a project three months ahead of time, whatever it is, try to quantify it. Like people love numbers. Hiring managers love numbers. They love little stories. They do not understand titles usually or boring job descriptions. A lot of people may reach their midlife stage, even frankly, it can happen even at the quarter life stage, let's be honest. And they sort of don't know where they want to go in terms of their life structure and their career because it's all blending together. You have something called the you bet you bet your life exercise where you can kind of figure out how you have the mo- where you have the most potential. Tell us about you bet your life. Yeah, I got to say, I, I have to give a hat tip to Steve Dalton at, at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business for that one. Steve is awesome. And I, he shared that with me and I'm like, I'm, I'm owning it too. It's just a quick hit, you know, like what is your best skill? You know, if you have like one or two or 10 seconds of maximum, just write it down. What do you think you're very best at in the whole world? And maybe you're better than most anybody, you know, and that kind of gives you a clue to start figuring out what it is you're really good at and what you like to do. And I think these are kind of trying to put the breadcrumbs together. There's a lot of different steps, but one of the first things you need to do is what are you really good at and what do you really like to do? And truthfully, most of us are a little oblivious to what we're really good at because we take it for granted. We do actually know what we like to do. (laughs) So how do you put those two together? 
and what someone will pay you to do. <laughs> so we had this pandemic and it impacted all of us in different ways, but many ways were sort of universal. Many people have been frustrated with where they were in their jobs and made big changes. But for people, especially midlife and older, you really stress the idea that they should not necessarily be part of the great resignation. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I actually call it the great reimagination. <laughs> you know, a lot of people may have stepped away from the workplace during the pandemic for a lot of reasons. I mean, caregiving is a big one and it's not just for kids. I mean, for me, I had my 91 year old mom living with me and she had dementia and my sister and I traded her back and forth, but it was really hard. I was hanging by a shoestring. And if I had been working full time for an employer, I would have probably had to step away. So there were many reasons people stepped away. But what it did is it provided an opportunity to rethink work. It's not like they never want to work again, or they never want to work even for that particular company where they were working, but they need flexibility, they need to find ways that they can balance. We all in the pandemic did that in our MRI. We're like, what are our priorities? What matters to us? Is it our family? Is it time that we spend, you know, doing hobbies or volunteering, giving back? There's lots of things that go into our life. And we started to, some of us, as you got, you know, at the later stages of some of my readers is you realize you have more yesterdays than tomorrows. And so this is where you let's, let's put pedal to the metal and make life matter. How do you know whether it's time to retire, resign, whatever, or to kickstart a new phase of your career or a different kind of career? It's How can you sort of make figure out the balance there? Yeah, Bobby, that's a real tough one because retiring, I hate that word altogether because that's like stepping away and you're, ugh, you know, at this stage of life, everyone should be eager to step forward to do new things. And so I think this is really a gut check, but the most important piece of it is something that you know all about is financial fitness. And if you're financially secure, and I write in my book about how that is a big part of my fitness program is financial fitness. And if you are financially secure, you can make these kinds of decisions. You can choose to step off the 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 rabbit. Uh, you know, I, I you know my my brother calls it the pony at the at the state fair, going around in circles. You know, you can stop doing that. But you can move to do something else that might not pay as much as that primary career did, but it's something that you're using your skills that matters to you. I do think debt is the biggest dream killer and the biggest stumbling block to starting your own business. People at this age, I mean, entrepreneurship is hot. I mean, it lit up for the over 50 set after the pandemic. It had already started, but self-employment and, and entrepreneurship is just booming for this category because people say, guess what? I want to be my own boss. I want to be in control. And this is what I've always wanted to do. But in order to do that, they had to be financially fit because otherwise it's a recipe for disaster. And I just want to add the other two parts of that. You really have a three-part fitness plan, financially fit, physically fit, and spiritually fit. People can read that in the book because we're going to wrap up. I want to give people a teaser so they can read it. It's on page 47, everyone. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> all right. In Control at 50 Plus, Carrie Hannon, where can people find out more about you in the book? Oh, thanks, Bobby. Uh, my website is the best. It's kerryhannon.com, K-E-R-R-Y-H-A-N-N-O-N.com. I'm on Twitter at, at Carrie Hannon and on LinkedIn. So check in. Thank you so much. Thank you. I think my favorite thing about Carrie's tips is that they are always so easy to do once we are made aware of them. Just like copying those keywords so the computer picks up your resume and making sure your picture is on point. 
So what were your top tips from Carrie? What did you like the best? I'd love to know. Please DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 or on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And be sure to go to my website at BobbyRebel.com for the transcript and show notes from this and every episode and to sign up for the newsletter. My latest book, Launching Financial Grownups, is out. If you do choose to buy it, which I would love if you did, buy it for yourself, buy it for your friend, great graduation present for the parents. If you do, please leave a review on Amazon. I truly appreciate it. I love doing this and your support doing things as simple as leaving a review on Amazon. It's free. That is what makes this all worth it for me. Big thanks to Carrie Hannon for making us all financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. The podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram and BobbyRebel on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.